Welcome to Brown Girl Feels, a podcast on mental health and wellness by and for women of color. My name is Nikki. My name is CK. And I'm Jenny. And And this this is Brown Girl Feels. We have a very special episode, our very first interview episode, which is something that has been on our hearts for forever. Um, And I'm just so excited that we get to dive into this first one with Flo um, of The Blended Beauty. And uh, yeah, just gonna have some conversation on um, representation, what it means to um, be a woman of color, specifically uh, Black Filipina, and what that has looked like in your own journey and uh, how that shows up in your work today. So Flo, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes. Well, first off, hello to all you lovely people on the internet listening to this. It means so much. But I am Florence or Flo, whatever you guys make you feel comfortable. And I am actually an Atlanta-based content creator. I have been creating content for the past five years. I actually just went full-time this past two weeks. I'm really excited. Um, And my focus is on cruelty-free beauty and hair care and sustainable-ish. I'm working on it, you guys. It's a process. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. So we're going to ask you a little bit more about that in a bit, but real quick, some rapid fire, one word, one sentence questions. Good luck. We're going to shoot these off. All right, all right, all right. So first, what is your favorite Filipino food? Oh, okay. So it's so hard. Um, can I do like, in, okay, turon is probably my best. It's my favorite. I can eat it all day, every day. I love me some adobo. I know this is supposed to be like one thing, but I can't. <laughs> okay, we'll have one dessert, one dessert, Longanisa. one savory. <laughs> there we go. Right. Breakfast. Yes. There, there we go. One in each category. It works. Yes, it works. You, can, all right. you can do that. all right so what's your favorite thing about your city okay so I've actually lived in Atlanta for now five years too um and I think what I like about Atlanta is that it's so diverse I think there's so many different cultures here we have this one street it's called Buford Street and it has so many different like it's Taiwanese food there's um Cuban food there's um Croatian food there's they have like a little section that's called like Little Korea which has all the Korean barbecue there's a small there's only like one or two Filipino cuisine restaurants here there's one called Kuya's that I haven't been to yet but it's on my list um but it's super diverse and and the city always feels like there's so much energy so that's what I like. I about love it. that. We're gonna have to come visit you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, please. And we can discover it together because even though I've been here for five years, I, I still don't know where everything is. So come on in and we can just discover it together. <laughs> I have another one for you. What's your go-to self-care practice? Ooh, my go-to self-care practice is definitely masking. I am a mask fiend. I can mask every single day of the week. I don't care. Sometimes it's just necessary. You just need a little aqua, like a, a moisture bomb on your face or just something to kind of just calm yourself down. Read for like 10 minutes while you're doing it, 15 minutes, and then just take it off. It's like one of those like, like transformations that I like. Masking for sure. Okay. Favorite sustainability tip? Okay. <laughs> what I like to tell people, and this is just something that I think that is best, 
do your best, at least in the sustainable fashion realm, to repurpose or try to not buy something. For me, that's like the last step, the last tier in sustainability for fashion. Um, or buy something like that is of a brand. Like you can thrift, you can like repurpose something that you're using or to go to consignment, but try to shop your closet. I, I always go by the, I'm sure you guys know the 30 wears um, like rule. Um, I have worn this dress, like I think, I don't know, once a week for the past like four weeks. I just love it. You gotta find stuff that you love, like that really like you enjoy. That way it doesn't even seem like it's, uh, like I, I love saying I'm a repeat. I'm a repeat yeah. actor, you know, it's it's a thing. Like y'all should just try that out because why not? I mean, I feel like it's it's definitely gonna help those, those um, understand that you don't need to put things in landfills and it, it just kind of helps us really lower our carbon footprint. And I think it's important, so. I don't think that was sure. just one, but that's my answer. Their <laughs> <laughs> product. Oh gosh, one. <laughs> it's specifics here. Favorite, what is it? <laughs> my favorite thing. I mean, number one hair product I think is a deep conditioner. I think you always have to have one. Um, my favorite deep conditioner is actually by a, a black-owned business, um, and it's called Anasi. Their mango hemp deep restorative conditioner so good um it's got a balance of proteins and moisture so it's going to give you everything in one mask um it's and it's something that i i try to do at least twice out of the month um but it, it smells so good it's just love it's uh, i love deep conditioning it's my thing so <laughs> also i want to point out that your favorite hair product is also a mask <laughs> oh, there you go see it's, it's hand in hand, as you can see. I need that time. I think it's that sounds I think it's equating to time and like having that time again, just kind of nourishing and just loving on my body or loving on from head to toe doing something for me. So, mm -hmm. for sure, good pointing it like, out. <laughs> it forces you to slow down, I think. Yes. And you have yes. to like just stay. I in think a that's spot. definitely a, a component, a part of it for sure. Yeah. All right. What is your superpower? Last question. Ah, okay. So my superpower, I really feel like I am with anybody. If anybody ever meets me, I'm an uplifter. I love pouring into people. Um, I think mm. that to hear somebody say something to me um, that I've told them or that I've taught them or showed them about themselves and they actually take it seriously and they, they really hold on to that. Um, and making sure that they feel like they are their best versions of themselves. So whether that's me teaching them something or just giving them a compliment when they weren't expecting it, I think that that's something that I've always been good at. I love that. And yeah. what's really cool is I, I, can, I got that sense. Um, yeah, I, could, I got that sense even just off of your social media. So quick, yeah. quick background. Uh, I met Flo from a giveaway, Kaya Essentials that you won, yeah. hey yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this girl? She's amazing. Like, I, oh. I thought it was just like, your, everything you were sharing was so cool. And I could tell that it was just coming from such a genuine place. Like you were just so, like, you were just so excited to share just both your knowledge and your experience in a way that was just incredibly uplifting to everybody that was paying attention. Um, and so for me, what, what stood out um, with with the with the giveaway and when you were sharing like what uh, what you do in your daily life that is part of your anti racist practice, uh, you said that it it was um, essentially being representation like uplifting your own story 
as Filipina Bahan. Uh, did I say that right? Is it? Bajan, but that's cool. Bajan. Girl, <laughs> I'm from LA. Anything that looks Spanish is going to be said like it's in Spanish. Bajan. <laughs> I did not. I see. I did not do my homework. It's cool. Um, you you, you could have just left it like that and it would have just sounded really cool. They would have known what that was. You're like, ooh. <laughs> um, and, and to me, that was just, that was really cool because growing up as, just like as Filipina, I already felt like I couldn't find representation for myself oh, growing God. up. Like mm -hmm. the Yellow Ranger was my homegirl because that was as close as we were going to get in the yeah, 90s, right? For sure. Um, and so to see the way, like to see you paving the way for like young girls and just also for like women like because now today still I'm still looking for representation um, oh, yeah. in various fields and I know uh, in our conversation a little while earlier like you mentioned sustainability and especially now with um, the like the re-uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement because we know it's been around for forever and oh, now yeah. people are freaking finally starting to pay attention yes. and so there kind of feels like there's this resurgence of you know of dedication from non-black people of color and finally white people um and you were saying like well, where do all these people come from like y'all are following me yeah now. Like, it's, attention it's to me now. definitely been crazy <laughs> to see that and to again kind of be in a space where it's joyous i'm i'm oh, i'm so happy to actually um you know be in a space to where these people are finding me but then again yes like that my subconscious is telling me like they're just kind of doing this just to check off a box or mm. to like okay I've, I've ticked off something for my representation and I'm done for the rest of my life um I think yeah. I think that obviously to feel those feelings is important but I'm, I'm always going to go to the optimistic standpoint and say you know what they're here for me and I'm gonna mm. you know again just give them what I'm known for and how what I value and hopefully they stay around yeah so so when you say representation what does that mean to you and like, how is your own personal experience like with representation or like lack thereof? Like, how's that played into your role as a content creator? So like when you were growing up till today? Yeah, um, nobody ever looked like me. Um, I actually grew up in a very um, predominantly Filipino um, just upbringing. Um, my, a lot of the family on my father's side just wasn't in our area so as y'all know anytime that you're around a Filipino you're gonna have the neighbors the aunties everything so you're just gonna find that group and that's what I grew up around and there were not a lot of mixed Filipino people I mean there were there may be like Filipino and white but none Filipino and black so it was just me and my two other brothers and um you know the 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 aunties were were not always so nice to me. They always like, oh baby, you know, go back into the house. Even though I need to get darker. And I like, I was like, why? Like it was just like a thing. Like I want to go outside with everybody else. Um, but that you know, like when you hear that multiple times, and you know, they give you the the papaya soap for like a birthday present <sighs> or the the right. espinol. Y'all know. Um, <laughs> it really, it really rubs you the wrong way. And it really, um, you know, it messed with me um, for a long time in terms of just my identity and who I was and, and how I would kind of navigate through the space growing up. And, and really when my hair turned curly too, my hair was actually straight till I was about 12. And when I went into puberty, it started getting curlier. And that was just another, like another story um, of uh, like understanding. I'm like, I hate this. Like, I don't look like my mom anymore. And it's, 
it, it was it was weird. It was a completely like mind shift. Um, but um, from then to that, like creating still like being in a space that is mo mostly white, the beauty community, you don't really see a lot of brands reposting brown or black people. Um, being in a space where I would be the only person in a campaign that was brown. I'm very light in the spectrum of black people. So that was just a really bad thing in terms of representation too. I'm not only looking out for me, I'm looking out for the other people who aren't, are definitely not getting represented. Um, and I think that with this movement, it's so nice to finally at least talk to the brands, talk to the people who are, you know, in those positions to change that and to hopefully see them actually pay attention and take this criticism and use it constructively. So how'd you get started as a content creator? Yeah. And what oh, does a okay. typical day well, look like? There, right? yeah. um, actually, when I, when I moved here to Atlanta, um, it was it was very lonely. I moved here from Valdosta, Georgia, which is about four hours away from Atlanta, and I didn't have any friends here. And Instagram was like a way for me to kind of escape and to kind of meet other people, meet other people that are interested in things that I like. And I was at the time I was super into K beauty because um, as I do now, I still met, I have hormonal acne and eczema, and um, that was a time where it was really important for me to kind of find those things and find um, solutions for the things that I had. So I was super into like the um, snail mucin and that whole, that whole thing uh, with K-Beauty. And um, I found just a, a community in the skincare community that I really enjoyed. And I really um, felt like it was like a home for me. And it just kind of built up from there, from hair and then getting into just understanding like my position in the world and how I could, um, you know, lessen my carbon footprint and to really make an impact um, in the environment. So how does that typical day look like? Oh, okay. Yeah. So is pretty different. <laughs> is, is, is pretty different for Take me. Take us through your routine. Um, yeah. Some like a, a normal routine, like maybe some days I'll do specific days where I just shoot content. So not only do I do content for my socials, I actually work with brands and do content photography for certain brands. They can put them on their website or use them in the newsletter and things of that nature. That's one way that I, I get income. Um, and then some days I'm just writing out my captions. Um, they take a long time. I don't know if you guys ever see my captions, but they're very long. I talk a lot. <laughs> um, so I try to kind of get those scheduled out um, for myself to kind of, um, again, not to have like a mental block and just do everything on demand. I think mm -hmm. that it's important to have a schedule and to make sure that I'm not using all my time for that and I can use it in other ways. Um, some days I'm... Um, like researching. I think that it's important to also, whenever you're working with brands, to research or to test things out, talk to other people and see what their experience was. Um, and then for the rest of the time, because now I'm doing this full time, I am pitching. So um, pitching is a super important part of this um, because not everybody is going to find me. And I've never um, had an experience where I was always getting um, brands coming to me until now, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm always trying to find a, the best email to get the contact for somebody, tell them about my pitch, what I'm trying to do with their company, and, um, you know, working with them. And that's probably two days out of the week. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my days where I do that. So it's a revolving thing. <laughs> <laughs> you are so inspiring, like all the stuff that you're doing. Oh, gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For other people who might want to break into the same field as you, 
what do you wish that you had known in the beginning? And is there any advice that you have for them? Yeah. So I think that before, I mean, this is still new. Influencer marketing is very new. Um, but I think before, I wish there were more people that were open, that were open with what they were getting paid or how they um, kind of worked with brands on, the, on a basis to keep them professional. Um, when I was first starting out, I was super excited and some stuff I just really didn't know. Like a brand, I remember one brand reached out to me and like, we want to work with you, but you have to buy the products. And I was like, is that really how it works? Like, I, I mean, I already have this specific thing. Why do I need to buy another one? I just want to re represent you guys. So that whole thing, you definitely do not want to do that. If a brand is telling you to buy something, it's a no, no, like they need to <laughs> provide what they, what they actually have. And then you can go from there. Um, but my best advice for somebody who wants to come into the influencer marketing space or just to become a creator is to understand that this is some hard work. It's, it's not an easy like cake ride. You're not just taking a photo and just like, ah, this is it. No, there's, again, there's editing captions. It's writing your copy. It's making sure you have your voice. Um, it's again, being professional and, and having your contracts ready. Um, you're like a, a media per, like you're, you're basically a whole advertising agency in one person. And I think that, um, to be ready and to understand that you are a business. This is not just something that you're just doing. I mean, if it's like your side hustle, you know, more power to you. Um, but if you ultimately want to do this full time, it's something that you need to take seriously and represent yourself as a business, as opposed to just being something that you're doing on the side. Um, another thing I, I also noticed and encounter, because I also do social media coaching, um, is that a lot of people actually um, just come in here and, and think that, okay, I just want to get free product and I'm, your heart is not in it in the right way. You're going to, you're going to get burnt out and you're not going to, you're not going to really last. It's not going to be something that you can really sustain. Um, and I think that if you're in a place where you're just doing this for product and you're, you just need to not, you can, there's so many other ways you can just get free product. There's like, there's other like influencer, I think was another like platform you can just do and you can just review it on their um, platform as opposed to putting it and using it for money. But in a space where people are constantly, again, fighting for the right rates, especially when you're brown or you're black, um, I think it's important to, to put yourself in that position. Sounds like you have a lot going on. Is there anything <laughs> you're... <laughs> I'm thinking, is there, is there anything I'll, you're, I'll I want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it sounds so exciting, but I was going to ask, is there anything in particular you're more curious about or something you're looking forward to? Um, any big projects or things oh, like that? Yeah. Okay. Well, let, like I just revealed, I, I am full time now. So this is, is completely um, different from what I was doing before, before COVID. Um, I was working at a clinic. Um, I was at a chiropractic clinic and uh, those days were so long. <laughs> <laughs> I worked between like 9.30 and almost 7.30 at night. Oh and then gosh. I would create at night and then early in the morning. So oh, the freedom to relax and take more time than I was before to really cultivate these, um, these, these creations or to work with these brands is super important. And again, um, you know, helping others put it pouring into them and making sure that they understand what they're doing or pointing them in the right direction and, and seeing them through that. Um, that's something I'm really excited about. I, um, 
we just launched that a couple weeks ago and I've got a couple clients. So it's, it's nice to kind of see their journey and to, to make sure that they're on the right path. That being said, because you have so much going on and so many exciting projects, um, how are you taking care of yourself in 2020? Oh gosh. Well, 2020 is a new beast. As y'all know, this is like completely different. <laughs> oh. Um, and it's, it's something that um, I've actually been doing for a while, but I haven't really um, delved into it and I'm doing it more. It's breath work. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, with breath work. Yay. <laughs> so um, I do the method of the four, seven, eight, where you breathe in um, with your stomach and you breathe in um, for four seconds and then you um, hold that for seven seconds and you breathe out for eight seconds. And I do that in intervals throughout the day. So I do one in the morning in the afternoon and then before I go to sleep and you never really know until you're doing it how like transformative breathing can be like conscious breathing as opposed to just your your normal day everyday breathing um it's it's super it's such a beautiful thing it's, I think it's like a form of meditation for me to kind of be still and to really focus on that one thing and just um, be more mindful about what I put into my body. Um, mm -hmm. Being at home, I have been such a pig, you guys. I've been eating so much <laughs> and uh, just kind of understand like, I don't really eat all this at one time. Um, and, and, really, and really understanding that. Not, like now actually, I've, um, I really only eat like once a day. I do something called intermittent fasting where I eat between 12 and six. Mm -hmm. um, and since I'm not, I, I need to, I need to walk more and, and get outside more. I do that about three times a week, but to kind of mitigate that and, and still kind of be on track and, and not really tip scale like I want to, um, um, doing um, intermittent fasting has been really helpful and um, journaling for me as well, because this is such a different mm -hmm. time. I, I want to um, really understand how, what I was going through at these times and, and make sure that it's kind of like one of those gratitude practices to kind of see where you are because I know that other people are not in my position and some people might have it worse, but to, to always have that, that portion of gratitude in my day is important. Honestly, I was laughing when you were, when you were sharing everything. Cause I was just like, Oh, like that, re like that resonated with all of us. Like yes, oh, you so much, like everything like when you were like, <laughs> I was like, we need to hang out in person someday I'm in the future. Because I feel like I have family in Cali. So. I have family in Atlanta. <laughs> my uncle I'm lives there. It. Yeah. I'm, but I, was, I haven't I'm been so there honored. since like 2015 or something. So it's been a while for me. Yeah. Nice. But for yeah, sure, it was like, over, let's, let's plan something. That would be so cool. That would be so cool, which I honestly, though, like to me, that just like warms my heart because here we are, we're talking about representation. We're talking about, you know, like black and brown voices need to be heard and need to be like amplified and honored and like all the things. And of what's course. crazy to me is that like the more that we do that, the more like, like we find connection and we yeah. find oh, like, sure. right? Like, it's just like, oh my God, everything you're saying just completely resonated with me. Like all the things that you're doing for self-care, like yeah. we're trying to we do for self-care <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> trying. trying. That's, a start. That's a start. I am honestly so grateful for everything you've shared with us. Like, oh my God, you guys, this so, is so awesome. It's it's so good. A, um, it's been a it's been a journey, and I um, this has been actually a really good thing for me because I don't want to cry, but my um, my Lola just passed on Sunday, mm. and I wasn't able to go home. Um, 
and it's it's been so tough so just kind of talking and just kind of talking through this has been really um a really great thing so last well actually i like I'm going to add, I'm going to add one more question add, and then hey, we'll talk add, about add more into it. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> if you, okay. So from where you are now, if you could tell yourself, your childhood self, anything, what would it be? Oh gosh. I would tell her that your mom loves you unconditionally and she's, mm. she is just, on you because you're the only girl and <laughs> this is her form of love and you just have to accept it <laughs> oh. the, the um the Oprah protective um keep you in the house stern like disciplined Filipina mm-hmm. um that she is I think that it's it's given me structure and it's it's something that um obviously when we were going through it, it wasn't good it wasn't <laughs> This would be great, but um, you know, being an adult now and, and seeing why she was doing it, knowing where she's come from, um, has been humbling. So definitely that, and to know that you're beautiful and you you are going to be like a a person that's going to give light to people, as opposed to being down. Because I was crying bomb eyes out from from the time I was born to about fifteen. <laughs> the whole time so um just kind of understanding that I'm going to understand my purpose and understand Mm -hmm. that this is a journey and it's it's a journey that um obviously nobody can walk through because these are my this is my journey it's in my my own hands and um relishing in that and understanding that that is that's that's how it's supposed to be so that's why I tell her (laughs) yes oh that was so good do you Okay, now I'm curious. What was that turning point for you? You said like um, from college. You remember? College was ah. totally my turning point. I think that, that, I feel like that's something for a lot of kids, but um, just being on your own, even, even though I, I, I went to college in the same town, but I, I lived on campus. That was being on my own to me. Yeah. Um, and seeing so many different people and, and so many different groups kind of just flourishing and, and discovering new friends and, and kind of being in that different space socially was great. I think that um, also finding other people that looks like me, that had hair like me, that I could connect with was, was really a great thing too, because I definitely didn't have that in high school. Um, I, I um, went to a predominantly white high school, so that wasn't something there, but in college, um, you know, things just opened up and it was really nice to see and, and to be um, involved in. Yes, I love I it so much. Question? Oh yeah. Um, from a multicultural perspective, was there tension between um, your parents um, for you to be more one way than the other? And if so, That's like a how? Great did question. You feel? That like, is such was- a great question. Um, not necessarily tension. So my dad um, is in the air was in the air force and he worked overseas. So most of my childhood growing up my representation was Filipina like that's that's what I knew um that's what I was comfortable with and in turning points as well for understanding my blackness and understanding that I am a black woman was in college too um Mm -hmm. saying like wanting to discover like different things even though I I culturally 
like I'm black, but I'm also Bayesian. My dad's from Barbados. I understand like my culture of like cuisine and my music and things of that nature, but discovering like just other things like movies wise, um, reading more books and, and being more involved in that uh, didn't, didn't happen until college. So not necessarily any tension because my mom kind of just ran the house. Like it was just that, um, but she never, <laughs> it was never a thing where she's like, oh no, you're not learning about that. It was just more so I was inundated with my, my Filipino culture. So what, um, what about your, your dad's culture brings you joy then? Like, like we know, we talked about the Filipino food already, yeah, we, we're, but we're, what do yes. you, what do you love about like your dad's side of the family? Like, what is that for I, you? Um, I, I mean, I, I love just that, our, the attitudes of Asians. I think that really not giving like any care about what do people say and doing your own thing and really like sailing your own boat and being independent is something that I really love about the Bayesian culture. I was actually very, very close to my grandfather as well. And um, he would always play soca music with me like on Sundays because we lived with him for a little bit. So that part of my culture was always very heavy. Um, eating the food, oh, mm. peas and rice, potatoes, cuckoo, like all of that. And um, one day when this, when we can travel, I want to go to Cropover, which is in August in, in Barbados, which is festivals that they have um, and just celebrating um, the Bayesian culture and going there for Independence Day there would be awesome too. Um, but I, that's what I love about the, the Bayesian culture. It's, it's super rich. And, and I think that there's so, there's such a clash too with just culture and the cultures in my family that it's just nice to kind of see both of them being represented in that way of just being super involved in family and um all these like in fashion too in Barbados is, is very big in terms of the colors that they wear very bright like reds yellows greens um are always in like the carnival um swimsuits so that's something that I really love about them too okay I was gonna ask if you could tell us specifically about one of your favorite dishes the Bayesian dishes. So one of my favorite things, y'all probably have heard, it's it's oxtails. Oh, so good. And so they need good. to like stew it. Like if the longer it stews, the better because it just it it just tastes like it's the the fat mixed in with the actual mm -hmm. the the meat is so good. And I usually eat mine with a little bit of rice. Um, and then one of my favorite dishes too, because I'm a huge carb fiend. My dad um, and our family make this sweet bread. And it's this loafed bread that it's, um, it's not, I want to say it's like formed. It's not like doughy, but it's very like porous and has um, cherries in it, raisins, cinnamon, um, coconut flakes. And it's usually something that we make during Christmas time. And it's so good. Um, flying fish is good. Um, there's a uh, that there's plenty of like um, different like little like desserts that I can't even remember the names, um, but I love those and little biscuits that we have with tea that I used to, to eat with my grandma. Um, but I'm not I'm not a huge drinker, but people love like Bayesian rum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it all definitely try some so oxtails. Oxtails for sure. Oh man, get you some oxtails and rice. This is getting yes. me so hungry. Yes. Oh Over gosh. here in the West Coast, it's like barely waking breakfast. up. Breakfast. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's breakfast. <laughs> okay, though. Okay, guys. 
I think I'm thinking our group trip should move from Atlanta to Barbados. <laughs> there you go. Let's just, we can do let's just go all I'm the way. Down. Go all yes, in. All the way. <laughs> just go, go, let's just go further down. <laughs> that would be so fun. I, I, I haven't went, so that's uh, that's one of my goals for sure. I have to go. Especially I mean, like just thinking too. about it now. Like, oh my God. Make you will go. We're yeah. gonna speak we're speaking into existence. You are going. Yes. <laughs> And so are we. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you been able to go to the Philippines? I'm oh, yeah. Know. I was born yes. in the Philippines. I was born oh, in okay. Pampanga, um, Dau, and Angeles City. Um, and I've actually went when I was about 12, but that was the last time I went. My my, my mom actually went last year, um, but I, I totally got to go back home, especially now, like I said, since um, my grandpa has passed, I really want to to go back and pay homage and just visit all my family and yeah. and uh, just just be in the culture and and stay there for a while too when I go. Um, how about you guys? Ooh, it's been a minute. The last time I yeah. was there was I was eighteen, and that was the first time. So the first and last times so I've only been there once. Oh um, wow! Yeah, and so I yeah I definitely want to go back too. I just. I still like reminisce on what I ate when I was there. So <laughs> I need to go back. And it was like at random places too, like our, like a family friend's house. Like, I don't oh, know if wow. I'm going to ever get that, but there's like a singular dish that I keep fixating yeah. on that I keep wanting to have. And I'm just like, I'm probably never going to get that again in my entire oh. life. But we could try. We could try. <laughs> For me, it was like two years ago. And oh, nice. I've gone like four times now because um, most so of my good. mom's family is still in Manila. Um, yeah. She only has her brother and sister's family out here, but she's a family of eight. So we have a oh, huge yeah. family over there. That's awesome. My mom's um, a family of nine. So yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually supposed to be on a plane next week to go. Um, and then oh, the airlines called me two days ago saying I'm getting my refund because of you yeah. know, COVID. Yeah. Really tough. Yeah. I last went when I was like 19. It was for a wedding. Uh, like a, actually, Rowena's wedding. You guys know her. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I'd gone for a vacation when I was younger, like 11. So I've gone mm-hmm. twice. But I feel like um, I definitely overdo for a trip. Right? Yeah. yeah. So now it's transfer for Barbados. We're going to go to the Philippines. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. No, I'm down. If anything, let's go for the food because I remember Nikki's grandma one time made like, I don't know, she made rice and we were kids and I still think about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have to to definitely venture into Pakistani food. I've never had it before. So you got to let me know some dishes I need to recreate at here because I'm not sure if we have them, but I'm going to search to see if we have any restaurants here. I'm sure we do. Indian food, but of course, I'd love to share with you. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing. All right. Well, so before we go, uh, please tell us where can our listeners find you? How can they follow you? Like, if they're curious about, you know, get like, um, you know, becoming one of your clients for coaching, all of that, like, where do we go? Yes. Well, on all social media, um, except for Twitter, I am the Blended Beauty. So that is on Instagram, um, YouTube, as well as TikTok. So the Blended Beauty just spelled out on Twitter. I am the Blended Beaut because somebody took my name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then for all of my coaching services, if you click on my page on Instagram, I have a book 
um, button, or you can go into the link in my bio and I have my coaching one-on-one -on -one coaching right there at the top. Ah, thank you so much. Um, yes. actually we should have you try this with us. Okay. So yeah. this is our, this is hilarious. I think we're going to, the listeners are going to get our background. So, so behind the scenes. So every episode we close, um, with the phrase brown girl feels and we all try to say it at the exact same time <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting okay so listeners thank you so much for hanging out with us today huge thank you to Flo for being our first official Yay! <laughs> podcast interviewee and also sharing so much wisdom and so much just light with us today and we are so grateful that you are here with us and thank you for tuning in Till next time, this is Brown, Brown Girl, Girl Fields. Black Girl It was a lag, okay? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Brown Girl Fields, Black Girl Joy. All right. Yes. Thank you so much.